You don't need a high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look. Be your own interior designer with big design, small budget. Here's your host, Betsy Helmuth. I am designing for a client who has no budget, who wants no approval, and who told me, don't be cheap. That's my deal. I am cheap. I design on a budget. I'm always looking for the best bargain, the biggest sale. He is closing on his duplex on the Upper East Side the same day that I am closing on my first home in Dobbs Ferry. So... <laughs> I'm designing our apartments, sim well, his apartment, my home, simultaneously. And for him, sky's the limit. Everything's custom. I'm buying the most expensive fabrics. I've got silk wallpaper from Japan. Like, really? <laughs> like, a lot of it. A lot of it. Uh, meanwhile, I am shopping summer sales. August and July are the best time for home sales. And so I am looking for clearance items for myself. So his spreadsheet and my spreadsheet are up on my computer and it's laughable. My entire budget for my entire home is the budget for his bedroom wallpaper. Let's begin. <laughs> Hi, my name is Mike and if I had a billion dollars, I'd like 2,000 additional square feet for my house. So when I first got this job, I was very intimidated because I really thrive on the budget. I was like, just give me a number. Even if it's like 200,000, just, just give me anything. And he's like, nope, it's all up to you. Ah! So I forgot the way that I design. I'm at the D&D building, a designer only place where everything is custom. And I forgot how to design because everything was possible. And I've never been in that situation in my life. So I boiled it down and came back to how I always design. So the funny thing is, even if you have no budget, or if you have a really tight budget, you design the same way, which is something that really surprised me because I had to do it backwards to get back to my roots. And the same way that you design is that you either pick the art or the rug. So I always start with the art or the rug for the space. The reason is because that's gonna give me the color palette, it's gonna give me the style, and it's something that I can really draw from for a lot of different things. Like I said, from the style, from the colors, from the feel. So with somebody who has no budget, with somebody who has a ton of money, you start with the art. Because the art can be something like a collection, it could be an investment, it could be anything, and it could really have a connection to you. Whereas if you're shopping on a budget, you have to pick art that you like. That's fine. You're not collecting anything, most likely. Uh, it may not even be original. And so you're just picking something that looks great in your space, but not something that evokes a huge emotion in you, potentially. So picking the art is the first thing to do when you're shopping without a budget, and potentially when you're shopping with a budget. But if you don't start with the art, you start with the rug. And that's what I started with, with the billionaire. And because the rug is like a big piece of art for your floor. It can have a pattern, it can have a color palette, it can give you the style. So it's like a big unframed work of art. But that wasn't working for me because like I said, when you are a billionaire, these are investment pieces. And when you are me, 
<laughs> these are not investment pieces. These are things that are fun accents, but maybe the rug is even more expensive than any of the art in my space. And FYI, I'm only spending $500 on my nine by 12 rug clearance sale. Hoot. Uh, and my art is costing much less than that. So it was a funny thing for me to learn. The next thing that I learned about designing on, um, on an endless, bottomless budget is that it's all about texture. And this I kind of knew before, but it's all about texture. I might pick something that's solid, but I will be looking for that great texture in terms of velvet or the silk wallpaper. And then I have herringbone drapes made out of like a menswear fabric that happens to be in a blush color. Isn't that fun? I hope he likes it. It's kind of effeminate, but it's in a menswear fabric. I think that's interesting. So that is the problem with designing on a budget, is that the textures are not that interesting. And while I'm still seeking to design with texture, on a budget, I have to look for more patterns, more pops of color, because the textures that I'll find at Ikea, the textures that I find at Target are not Japanese silk. They're not menswear um, ready. They are more poly blends cotton twills. So I'm really looking for that pop of pattern, whereas I'm kind of not looking for that with my high-end client. And the reason is because, and maybe this is like wrong, but the reason is because it costs a lot of money. Like everything I'm buying for him costs a lot of money. So I don't feel like I can take risks. In other words, like choosing something trendy. I can't choose something trendy because this piece could last forever. Like when I buy something at Ikea, it's gonna last two to three years and I'm cool with that and then I'll get something new. This coffee table could last forever. And you know, rich people are really clean and they never bump into anything and they never destroy anything. So this $12,000 coffee table might last forever and I don't wanna take a big risk and get something just really funky and avant-garde because it may not be his style a few years down the road. So that's been something new too because I'm always pushing my clients to take a risk, buy something that maybe you'll switch out in a year or two. And with this, I have to think down the road, like, can this work in the year 2030? Anyway, that was surprising for me. And, um, and so I find myself taking fewer risks, which is so unlike me. I am a design risk taker and I am taking a few risks. Um, uh, some other designers at my firm have said that I'm going overboard. I'm gonna post one thing that's a little bit risky on my bigdesignsmallbudget.com website podcast page and you can tell me how risky you think his bedroom rug is. Ouch! Because he doesn't want approval. So I'm just going there, people. I'm going there. Hi, I'm Donna and if I had a billion dollars, what I'd like to do is have the kind of windows installed in my house that it's possible for me to pull them in and wash them. And, and they, I could always get the inside and outside washed, even if they were on the second story. The other thing that I'm learning about designing on a budget is that I've always been an art junkie because I was an art major in college, but the art is so important. And in one room, this translates not only to high-end design, but to small budgets. I don't like to have multiple pieces of the same kind. So if it's a painting on canvas, I don't want two of them in the same room. If it's photography, I don't want two areas that have photography in the same room because it starts to look like a gallery exhibition, like I'm going to an exhibition of all paintings or all photographs. So I'm really cognizant whether I'm designing on a budget or for my billionaire to do some canvas, some framed, some photographs, some collage. I'm even incorporating a sculpture from Germany. 
as you do, as you do. Uh, so I'm always thinking about that. I was especially thinking about it last weekend when I spent $35,000 on five pieces of art. You're welcome. They're really amazing, but it blew my mind. Anyway, I just love that that principle translates and I feel even more adamant about it in a high-end space, and I'm very adamant in my low-end spaces, because it just adds that depth and interest, and even if your pieces aren't interesting, even if they're not worth $35,000, it still gives that depth and appreciation that it looks like you really found these things intentionally in different places rather than just going to that photography book and saying, I like page six, seven, and eight. Hi, this is Catherine. Uh, when you're designing for a billionaire, what is something you're excited to buy for them and why? So to answer your question, Catherine, at first I was terrified to buy anything. Like the fact that I have a black Amex in my wallet, it's not in my wallet, but virtually I have the numbers to a black Amex, um, is terrifying. And basically I am fearful of pulling the trigger. Whereas usually I take my spreadsheet and I order everything in one day. For my space, I'm ordering everything in one day. And for this space, when you press send on a custom piece, there's no putting it back in the box and returning it to overstock. It needs to fit and it needs to be perfect. The pressure's on, like you can have it be any size you want, so you really have to tailor it. That being said, the thing I was most excited to buy, of course, is artwork. Like, I've always gone to Chelsea galleries and, you know, drank free wine and talked to funny people and then left quickly um, and never imagined that I would actually look at this and buy it, not for myself, of course. Um, so that was interesting. But do you know what the most fun thing has been? My client told me that he loves wallpaper. And I'm always telling my clients don't do wallpaper because it's got a lot of commitment factor and it's really hard to take down. And if you decide you don't like it in the future, it's just a mess to both put up and like I said, take down. I love wallpaper now. <laughs> I am having so much fun finding wallpaper. I'm doing vinyls in every bathroom. I'm doing the silk, of course, in the bedroom. And then are you ready for this? In the guest room, I am doing a grass cloth with an embroidery on top. What? I didn't even know they made that. So I'm having a lot of fun with wallpaper. And something that I've been asking my guests uh, and my listeners, as you've heard throughout this podcast, is what they would buy first if they were a billionaire. And so I asked myself that same question. And... Um, I'd buy an amazing couch and lots of wallpaper. I love wallpaper now. They have amazing prints at trade-only places like Argyles. I would really go for the gold um, and get like a vintage mod pattern. Um, vintage Missoni, I'm really into right now, uh, even though <laughs> I can't even. Anyway, I've never seen vintage Missoni before and I just went shopping for it the other day. That blows my mind. So thanks for asking, Catherine. I'm sorry to ramble on. It's a little bit like being called by a fairy godfather and having him say, Betsy, make it beautiful. And that's never happened to me before. And I feel like I'm kind of caught in a dream uh, that's at once terrifying and at once amazing. So I'm really excited to show you the after pictures. And Mr. Billionaire, I'm so glad that you had so much faith in me because this project is rocking my world. So thank you so much for listening and thank you to our producer, Catherine Heller, our wonderful house band, Aton and the Embassy, and uh, we'll see you next time.
Walking the streets like a dog, it's 